What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> I love that one. That was good. Okay. It's hard to beat today's podcast. L.A. <laughs> by the creek. It's just a good change. Oh, man. So, I say we just keep going. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, I guess I'll just introduce us like I always do. I'm the host of the podcast, Chase Winninger, sitting down with Lee McClellan, co-host of the podcast. How's everybody doing? We're beside Elkhorn Creek. It's beautiful. And today's guest, Chad Harp. Yes, sir. Chad. Pleasure to be here. Chad, you are with Canoe, Kentucky. That's correct. Which is probably a pretty familiar name to a lot of people yeah. who kayak and fish, and especially if you're in the Frankfurt area. Mm -hmm. But just for people who might not know, I mean, what do you do here at Kentucky? Yeah, What's absolutely. Well, first off, we've been uh, we've been doing this for 38 years now. Uh -huh. um, it first started off with 12 canoes, and um, then after after the years, we just started growing. After that, um, we uh, we of course do. Rentals on Elkhorn Creek, and uh, we got so much other stuff going on yeah. as far as uh, we got camps. Um, we've partnered with some of the people downtown Frankfurt as far as some of the bourbon tours, and uh, uh, of course, we do guided fishing trips. Yeah. Um, That's something and, I was wanting to ask you about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean, you do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you we got a lot of fun stuff. Fun sell, stuff we do. Sailboats, rent boats. Yeah, um, got lead trips. I mean, right. Really, well, we, if it has to do with the water and paddling, you name it, right? Right. Uh, we uh, we do rental. We sell uh, some of the lines that we sell. We sell Jackson Native, uh, New Canoe, Hurricane, and um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, bonafide. Bonafide. I knew I was forgetting one of Bonafide. Well. And uh, we sell we sell all them. Of course, we got we uh, we call it our kind of one-stop shop yeah. so we can once you come in we can get you set up everything that you need for that boat everything from your life jacket uh, your paddle your paddle leash your fishing uh, as far as rod holders um, so yeah well, you can pretty much get everything that you need right here at our shop and that's we try to keep everything everything that you do need for pretty much anything you want to do mm -hmm. because there's so many things you can do on the water you can whitewater kayak you can that's correct just, just recreationally go out and float down the creek that's correct enjoy your days you can go yeah. fishing yeah catch nice smallmouth catch some mm -hmm. nice smallmouth there's Rock a, bass too. there's some really good smallmouth in this Elkhorn Creek a lot of yeah. people don't really think of it as a fishing creek a lot of people oh, want to come out <laughs> and uh, but yeah once if you come out here you would be amazed on how many smallmouth you got largemouth you got a uh, catfish spots. you got just uh, spots you got a majority of a lot of variety of every I've caught walleye and sauger walleye. yeah there's walleye and sauger i and have not caught the walleye but i've caught sauger and a bunch of other stuff yeah i'll tell you something new i've been doing lately uh past two years i've been bow fishing out of my kayak mm -hmm. and uh, i mean you kind of got to have a kayak you can stand up in and feel pretty stable in right but when the water's right Mm -hmm. You can come out here, like say it's 250 CFS, right? right? You can come out here and on some of those longer pools, mm -hmm. you just stand up and float with your bow in your oh, hand. Yeah. And there's drum and carp and gar all over the place. Yeah. And uh, you'll take as many shots floating down the creek. Yeah. Like say you go from one tw or from Peaks Mill to 127 mm -hmm. or from Knightsbridge to Peaks Mill, where, here where you're located, where we're mm -hmm. sitting at right now. Yeah. You will take as many shots with your bow and just, you know, slowly floating down the creek mm -hmm. and enjoying your day. As you will if you go out on a boat with lights at night most Absolutely. times so and that's that's another note why we kind of stock the boats that we do um the a lot of fishermen uh they they get a lot of gear in their boats mm -hmm. they get uh, a lot of very expensive gear yes. and uh the manufacturers that we deal with such as jackson native bonafide they design these boats to stay upright they mm -hmm. don't want you don't want to get in of course anything can happen at any time on any boat but they they go the extra step to make these boats a little bit wider a little bit safer uh, uh so the fisherman can get in there and feel comfort for one his safety and then two his gear because i know myself mm -hmm. i usually got a lot of money and gear as far as putting on that boat i don't want to get out there on a boat and chance losing that stuff yeah. i don't want a chance flipping out um, so that's why we kind of go with some of these a uh, little bit better quality type boats because they are extremely safety as far as stability and then also um, as far as comfort comfort is another another really thing that really 
helps these boats because uh, you don't want to get out there and be uncomfortable while you're fishing. At least I don't. I'll put it this way to you. Like, I completely agree with everything you said about when you're fishing, the gear you have. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose a rod or reel or a tackle box. Oh, no. And trust me, I found rods and reels oh, and tackle yeah, boxes in, in, every day. in the creek. Yeah, absolutely. I go, there's certain spots where after like a busy weekend, you, think you can like, find stuff. You just go to the right spot, blow the riffle on you know this spot or that spot. Right. I'll take my goggles and a snorkel out there and I'll look for stuff. Right. But um, people who are listening probably don't know, obviously we do. The Canoe Kentucky actually supports the TV show. Mm -hmm. You're a sponsor of the TV show, and you provide us with kayaks we use on the show, right? Mm -hmm. we so do. let's say we go out on a shoot. Chad's in one of the kayaks, and he's fishing with... Uh, last year, we went out with uh, Nathan Debenbrock, right. who's also here with Canoe Kentucky. We went squirrel hunting on Taylorsville Lake yeah, out of the kayaks. I remember that. So we had shotguns mm -hmm. and everything in their boat. Obviously, they didn't want to lose it, right? I was in the other boat that you supplied us with, which was a native, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have one of these $3,000 cameras with me, mm -hmm. you know? And you're talking about uh, losing a fishing pole or something like that. If, if this camera just goes in, mm -hmm. that's all it takes, and it's it's completely fried. Right. Mm -hmm. So we we trust our gear to those boats, right. and that's worked so far. Absolutely. Well, I've bought two boats from here, and both yeah. of mine have held up, especially I have a native manta ray, which is an older style, but still works right. great. Right. I mean, I've beaten the oh, yeah. fire out of them, and yeah. it's comfortable. It is. My kill, Jackson Kilroy is very comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the, uh, I'm seeing a proliferation of kayaks now, and if you go anywhere, you're seeing them, but a lot of them are the, you know, and then not everybody can afford, you know, the top right. of the line, but a lot right. of them are, it's so much smarter to find a used good one mm -hmm. than a new cheap one. Totally And agree. if you can save, you're going to end up buying a good one anyway if you like it. So save your money and buy a good one to begin with. Totally then agree. you're not buying two boats instead totally of one. Agree. And we, we also down here at our shop, every one of us down here enjoys paddling and fishing course, yeah. as much as anybody. Mm -hmm. And we like to, once the customer comes down to us, we like to just get them it's more of a training zone train the customer okay this is how your pfd works uh, it's not a customer just comes in and we just sell them a boat we want to give them that experience to keep them safe yes. further on down the road so uh, it's more of the experience of coming to us and talking to us and we'll make sure that we get you in that right boat uh, we'll make sure we're going to get you on that pfd because we're all about getting you in the right boat we all but we are extremely good uh focused on getting everybody on safety wise because mm -hmm. we want to make sure that pfd make sure it fits right mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of people that goes by some pfds at big box stores that just grabs the first pfd tries it on and then that and then they think they're safe mm -hmm. well we want to make sure that you're safe we want to make sure that that pfd stays on correct we want to make sure that you're buckled in correctly and uh, get you on the, the most enjoyable experience that you can have you know uh there's a couple things i wanted to talk about but and i was i was wanting to talk about safety mm -hmm. I, was, I was planning on doing that later but since you're on the point of pfds mm -hmm. something a lot of people probably don't know I don't know people might know this to a point but there have been an excess number of drowning deaths this year on the there water is. this year i think uh that over a 10-day stretch i heard that there were 11 drowning deaths in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. I think we typically, uh, this number might be incorrect, but I think we usually average somewhere in the 40s per year. Mm -hmm. So over one a day is just like astronomical compared mm -hmm. to what it had been. And it was, I mean, there's nobody in particular. I think that there were kids, older people, I mean, mm -hmm. fishermen, the all guy who was a football player, Cumberland College, yeah, in the I, saw, River. I, don't I saw think that he, the day. I think I'd say the vast majority were not wearing the PFD. Well, the PFD and I, th I think the two main factors that come in are the PFD and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Those are the two main things. And obviously a couple of those drowning deaths each year, people out on the lake who were just not being responsible. Well, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, one guy this year fell and hit his head at Taylorsville Lake. Mm -hmm. That's how that happened. But, yeah. it, I mean, it happens. So you can... It, it's a reality, you know what it's I mean? Reality. So you gotta, you gotta be safe. And the other day I was down here on Elkhorn, I was putting in at Church's Grove, and uh, a game warden came down and checked us. Mm -hmm. And he was checking us for PFDs, he was checking us for fishing license, and he wanted to make sure that we were gonna be clean, take our trash with us, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, obviously, that's not a problem for me, but a lot of people don't wear the PFDs. I see people going down this creek all the time without them, and like right now, the water's a little pushy. I'm looking out there at it. I see some white water coming through this riffle behind us. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to flip a boat and hit your head on a rock. Mm -hmm. it's, it can happen very quickly. And that's yeah. why your PFD is so important to have on, because yeah. if you hit your head, yeah. 
You know, mm -hmm. I think that might have happened in that Rockcastle River case. Yeah. He may have mm -hmm. flipped over and hit his head. But if yeah. you have your PFD on, even if you're unconscious, it's going to put you your feet downstream and your head out of the water. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's going to be doing its and, job. And, and when you're in the middle of flipping, you don't have time. Wait, Mr. Flip, I need to grab my PFD and put it on. Yeah. Before, you know, <laughs> it's a split second and you're going from safe to unsafe. And so. it's, it's, it's amazing on how, just like what you said, Lee, I mean, it can happen so quickly. And it's amazing how fast something bad can happen. I mean, and that's, and the PSD saves lives. And that's why, that's why we tell, really, really press on that as far as safety, just keep the PFD on, okay? Because mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, with, with you and with loved ones that, uh, with, you just want to make sure that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. The main complaint is it's hot. Well, the, the kayak style ones mm -hmm. uh, have mesh. You mm -hmm. know, I have one I bought from you all. It's got mesh. It's still a little warmish, but so what? Right. That beats drowning. Exactly. I, I will say this, and just a, you know, self-admitting. I don't 100% of the time have my PD, PFD on mm -hmm. in all situations. Mm -hmm. Now, you bet your butt I'm not going out on uh, Main Lake, mm -hmm. like Taylorsville or Del Hollow. I'm not fishing at night. I'm not going below a dam mm -hmm. or anything without it strapped on and buckled up, right. just like it's supposed to be. Right. But I always have it on me, like on the boat. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the law. I mean, it actually is a law. I don't know if everybody realizes, but if you're on a kayak on the body of water, mm -hmm. by law, you have to have that PFD with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not a law enforcement officer, so I don't know all the rules, but do you have to have a whistle on a kayak also? No, you don't have to. It's recommended. Uh, mm -hmm. It's highly recommended, but you don't have to have a whistle. Especially if you're on flat water on a place where right. power boats operate. Right, right. Because you'll be amazed, on, I mean, especially on bigger waters like Lake Cumberland and uh, Cave Run. If you're paddling across, across that lake, how easily these boats can blend in. Oh, and uh, when you got a lot of power boaters out there, I mean, they, you're, you're, you're only about 18 inches above water level. So, I mean, they can blend in really easy. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, it always, I mean, it worries me. I've paddled mm -hmm. clean across Cave Run in the middle of the day before, and I mean, I'm in a pretty big colorful boat, and I'm still worried about being visible. Right. And I've gone uh, fishing at night on Del Hollow and at Taylorsville and a couple other places, and I have the light set up. You know, I have a, right. a red green, and I have a white light in the back, and uh, man, I'm still, I, I carry an extra flashlight with me to shine at people. Mm -hmm. and uh -huh. Being visible, I mean, on a creek like this, obviously there's no power boats, so you don't really need to worry too much about your visibility, but right. like I said, the danger here is flipping and hitting your head on a rock. Right, or right. So. And, and a flag that you can attach to your boat mm -hmm. is really good when you're on big water. So obviously all three of us enjoy paddling a lot, mm -hmm. right? And um, earlier today when I was getting ready for this, I was kind of thinking about when did I start kayaking? You know, because I didn't do it as a little kid. And I, I didn't have a kayak, I didn't have access to it. And I think it's really grown over the past few years. Mm -hmm. So I know that access is becoming more and more available. Hell, I mean, just the ability to buy a kayak has become much easier, mm -hmm. right. you know? And um, so when I was a kid, I started off just creek fishing. You know what I mean? Like I'd walk out to the creek behind my house and. And if I had time on the weekends, you know, when I was able to drive or a, a buddy's dad would drive us to a different creek in the next county over or something like that. And creek fishing was always fun because you didn't know what you were going to catch. That's what I liked about it. You mm -hmm. could go out there, I might catch a sauger, I might catch a gar, I might catch a drum or a smallmouth. And then whenever I was introduced to the kayak portion of it, mm -hmm. it's like the same creek fishing that I always enjoyed, but it's more adventure. Because mm -hmm. right. when you're floating down the creek, you're it's seeing... Awesome. You're seeing miles and miles of scenery. You're seeing all this wildlife. And it's it's just like what you had mentioned. It's it's just amazing the places you can get. Mm -hmm. I mean, I oh. used to be that guy 15 years ago that uh, used to get out on the boats uh, with the with the, had a big bass boat, getting out on lakes and shooting up and down the lake 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. And I loved it at that time. And everybody kept telling me, man, you need to try this kayak yeah. fishing. So, why do I want to do that? I've got this boat that will shoot up and down the lake, man, I love it. And until I tried that kayak fishing, and I just instant I fell in love with it. And I thought, man, why have I not been doing this for so much before this point? Because um, once you get on a creek, because on a good day on a lake, you'll catch five, 10, maybe 15 bass. And that's mm -hmm. considered kind of a good day. But you get out on some of these streams that you'll catch 30, 40, 50, 50. fish. Yeah. Yeah. And counted 40 and yeah, it's two once, in the once, once you hook into especially a good one um, and that, that fish starts dragging that boat around, I mean, there's nothing like that experience. Oh, I, and, I love getting uh, drug around by a big fish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. And I mean, it's, it's a very kid-friendly sport. I mean, you can get them out there and especially on, on Elkhorn here, um, just kind of get them, get them started, especially mm -hmm. when the water level is at, at a good level. 
and the kids love it. We we have so many kids come out out here, and when they get back, they're just they're we call it throwing their throwing up their experience on us because they come back and running up to us and that was so much fun i caught 20 fish and that's what we like to see yeah, we mm -hmm. like to see those kids getting out there and having a really good time and getting the getting the family out there and just having having some really good family memories if you're trying to introduce a kid or anybody really mm -hmm. but i'm just talking about i mean you could take a, your buddy out there who's not really into the outdoors and you put them on a creek at the right flow in a kayak and it's going to be hard for them not to not enjoy. to want to do it again you got to be a Something's got to be wrong with you to not <laughs> yeah, enjoy. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And if you've got a kid and you're like, man, I really want to introduce this kid to the outdoors, I feel like I don't have a kid, but I feel like if I had a, a, a child and I was wanting to introduce them, you want to do mm -hmm. it the right way. You know, right. that first experience is an important one, right? Mm -hmm. right. Like you want them to have fun, you want them to enjoy it, you want them to be comfortable. It's hard to beat. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah, a, that's, a, that's a, the way I think I would probably try to go about it. Fully agree. Yeah, nice spring day, something like that. Fully agree. So let's see, I had. Okay, so this exact stretch of water the other day when I was out here bow fishing, it was actually Monday. Mm -hmm. I came out and bow fished Monday. And um, I was floating right through here, and I saw two people kayak fishing, and there was another guy just kind of sitting back and watching, right? Mm -hmm. And I asked the woman um, if she was having any luck, and she said, well, we're you know, just trying it out right now, trying to see if we, how we like it. Mm -hmm. She said she'd mostly done offshore fishing. So I kind of got the feeling that it was their first time. And I asked the other guy, I said, are you a guide? And he said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fishing guide. And I said, oh, really? Do you just do on Elkhorn? And he said, yes. I asked him where he was operated out of, and he said he was with Canoe Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I did not know. I, did not, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I did not know you had a fishing guide service. Yep, there. we do. We, uh, that, the, the guide that was with him was Trey Delk. He's with actually with the new canoe team. Okay. And uh, he's part of one of our guides. And, uh, yeah, we, we, did, we do guided fishing trips, and um, we... Uh, um, we do two sections. We can either do a half day, mm -hmm. uh, which is about four or five hours, yeah. and then if you want, if one, somebody wants to do a full day, you can do the all day trip, which that's about seven to eight hours. And now uh, you can, if I'm guessing, the half day trip is either from here to 127. What we usually do, we usually send the guide out usually about three or four days before because we want to find out where the fish is. I mean, this is running water; the fish move up Sounds and down. Like this the whole guy area. has a heck of a job. Here. Yeah, he, <laughs> he 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 earns his money. But yeah. uh, we we like to try to get the guide out three or four days in advance before the trip to locate where the fish are located at. Um, and then, because we want, we want, on those guided fish trips, we want those customers to come out and get those 40, 50, 60 yeah. fish days. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so, yeah, we, we find out where they're at and we'll get get you on there and hopefully hopefully the fish will cooperate. Yeah, I mean, you that, never that's know. Always, I mean, you never you know. never know where they're going to be or what they're going to be biting on, but we try, to, we try to narrow it down so it's all they have to do is just come out and yeah. create some good memories. Here lately, I'll tell you kind of the patterns I've seen, because I've fished the Elkhorn quite a bit this uh -huh. year. To the, I mean, to this point, I've been lucky. Um, a few weeks ago, smallmouth were on the beds, mm -hmm. and I would find them, uh, I can't really describe this area. Right now, out in front of us, there's the main creek, and it's flowing past us, mm -hmm. but off to the side, there's some slack water, some still water, where it actually kind of looks like the creek's pushing backwards up into it, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was finding fish in those areas. Yep. When they were on the beds, and I mean, you could literally look down and see the nest, yep. and the water was clear. I was finding those fish shallow and out of the current in kind of that backwater area. And if you threw a crawdad imitator mm -hmm. or a lizard, or you could probably throw a Cinco, mm -hmm. just some kind of creature bait, a little brush hog, into that nest, they were going to pick it up and probably not eat it, but they were going to move it. Mm -hmm. And then I found you had about a 50 50 shot at getting that hook to stick. Because when they pick it up, they don't actually put the whole bait in their mouth. They'll just grab part of it. So right. it's kind of a lug game. And then after they get off the beds, I, I like to look for them in shaded cover on the side of the creek on rocky banks. For some reason, it's just, I like rock more than I like mud when I'm mm -hmm. smallmouth fishing. Yeah. And if I find an excessively deep hole in the creek, mm -hmm. like seven, eight, nine feet deep, I'll always hit that. Because yeah. it seems like your better fish usually hang out in that deeper water. Yeah. But They're near it anyway. Yeah. But the, the fish move from area to area as the spring goes on and as the water gets hot in the summer. So it's a, oh, you're good, don't sweat that. If you need to take it, take it. No. So the fish move around, so you send a guide out in advance to find them. Probably the right way to go about that doing it. That is the right way to go about it. Um, something I was thinking of uh, when I was writing my notes down this morning is I use your website, and you know a lot of people use the U.S. Geological Survey's That's website, correct. the yeah. Streamflow website for Kentucky. 
But if you want to look at Elkhorn Creek, you can go to your website. That's hit, correct. Hit the live, do you have a live cam now that shows you what the water looks like to your eyeball. I need to use that. Then you have the, the, the flow chart from the USGS. Then you have the, the gauge height from the USGS. Mm -hmm. And you have colors coordinating to green is good, yellow, uh, and reds, no. Yep. So if you're coming from, say, Erlanger or Covington or Louisville, mm -hmm. you don't want to drive hour and a half, two hours, and it looks like it does today with chocolate milk, hog pen water. Um, that, that's a great, that saved me a lot of drives because I know people, hey man, go out and drive out and look at the creek for me. I'm thinking about going somewhere. Yeah. I run shuttles for buddies of mine when I can't fish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that saves me a lot of driving looking at your live webcam because I can look, oh, it's blown out. Oh, it's clear and pretty. Mm -hmm. you know, not. That's a great, great thing you've added to your website. Right. Yeah, it's really helped out. I mean, I mean, just for the fishing point, and then just also just people wanting to come out and enjoy the day because uh, this, like I said, this morning um, it was it was pretty clear. Now now it's kind of on the muddy side. So mm -hmm. it was uh, clear this morning. It was yeah. clear this morning. Was and, it? Uh, do you think that's just from water pushing in from feeder creeks? Yeah. From, what what happens? What happens is a lot of the rain comes from Lexington. Yeah. And once once a rain hits. It typically takes about 24 hours for it to get down to this point. Um, so it can be perfect, and uh, then 24 hours later, it can really shoot up fairly fast and be muddy as it is right now. Um, but, uh, I, I but, went waiting one night mm -hmm. and crossed mm -hmm. down uh, in a place we call uh, Church's Grove. Oh, yeah, I like Church's and, Grove. And um, it was a little bit bushy, and we got across. Well, that slug hit right when we were fishing. Yeah. We could hardly get back across. Yeah. I had to help the girls ferry across, and yeah. it, was a, it was a mess. And so that's it, a, can, it can come up quick. That's another thing talking about on going back on the safety note. What we try to try to pay attention to is, and this is any body of water. Is sure if the creek is perfect, you got to also consider what's upstream. Mm -hmm. um, so, if the creek is really good, uh, any running water. If you got some rain coming or water coming that's upstream, it's just going to keep going yeah. up. So you don't want to get yourself out there in a position that think, okay, yeah, it's perfect, it's crystal clear, and then a few hours later the creek can shoot up fairly quick. Mm -hmm. So one really good thing about the Elkhorn, and one reason I think the Elkhorn is so popular, because I mean there's a lot of creeks. Mm -hmm. Kentucky is blessed to have probably more creeks as far as you can kayak and fish and stuff like that than almost anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But the Elkhorn is rated the number one float in the state. Mm -hmm. And I think Green River is number two, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Or Drake's Creek might be number two. Yeah, yeah. Drake's is popular, but the fishing yeah. is as good as yeah. it is. Well, Elkhorn, yeah. one of the reasons I think it's so popular and so good is all the access. Because mm -hmm. literally, you can't go more than four miles on the creek without there being an access point. Whether it's Church's Grove, or Knight's Bridge, mm -hmm. or Canoe Kentucky, or the 127 public access, mm -hmm. or Stillwater, it's not public, but they will let you pay. Uh, it's like four dollars to park your truck and you can launch or take out a boat there yeah so i mean there's there's so many stretches of creek it's 19 miles from the forks to the river and there are literally five different floats you could do in that in that amount of time and something that i noticed the other day going back to when that game warden stopped us and he was checking on us picking up our trash right <clears throat> some of those public access points are donated they're private property that the landowner has said, oh, yeah, people can use this as public access for the creek. But those can be revoked. Mm -hmm. Anytime that landowner changes their mind and they decide they don't want it um, to be public anymore, they can revoke that. And I have the feeling that most of the time when that happens, it's going to be because of trash. Mm -hmm. That's correct. People just being disrespectful. And um, I noticed that the one down the creek here from you all. That's correct. Is that what happened there? Yep, that's exactly what happened there. Because I was out there. Oh, did they, is that gone? Yes, sir. I was out there uh, the Wednesday before Memorial Day, and we parked there and put in. And then I came out on Memorial Day, and mm -hmm. there's hay bales up, uh, no trespassing sign. It's just completely closed down. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's exactly what happened on that situation. So people just, so, I, I don't know anybody that's disrespectful and leaves trash around. I wouldn't hang out with them. Probably wouldn't be the kind of person that I wanted to hang out with if right. I did. But I just don't see how people can come out here and on purpose trash out the place. Yeah, I mean, because these, these, these bodies of water that we enjoy, that we enjoy fishing out of and enjoy bringing our family out of, this is a place, I look at, this is a place that we all love to be in, be, yeah. be a part of. Um, so it's just like, why leave your trash? You're, you're trashing up something that you love. So, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and that's, we try to, uh, another thing that we have on our, our shop, we try to typically about three times a year, 
a big uh, set of dumpster right there at the shop and um, people can come out, float the creek, pick up trash. Uh, we actually got one coming this weekend. And um, it's just a really cool event. Just uh, try to do a little little touch of just oh, cleaning good. the creek up. That's really good. I mean, it's important for you all too. That was a very popular access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was one of the most popular accesses. Yeah. I mean, I've been there, I was like, I don't know if I can get my truck out of here. Right, you know? right, exactly. I mean, I think well, the- I can't blame them. Yeah, no, I don't blame them. Treat your property with disrespect. Right. And I feel like, uh, I mean, I, I don't blame them at all. I probably would have, I've been going to that access point for years and years, and I probably would have lost my patience well before they did. Mm -hmm. Because you couldn't go down there without there being Junk everywhere. Junk everywhere. Mm -hmm. yep. Like up there at Church's Grove, we know who owns that property, mm -hmm. and uh, they're a co-worker of ours, actually. Right. And they've had to get that sign repaired three or four times. Where people, people shooting holes in it, spray painting it. Yep. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand. But I was going to say, for the number of people that float down Elkhorn, it's I've seen much, much worse. Mm -hmm. Elkhorn's pretty clean. I mean, I, I don't see trash along the banks. I don't see trash on the bottom. And I guess part of that could be because you guys do those events. I was wondering if, if you had somebody that went through and you know picked up some trash from time yep. to time. And yep, we uh, we typically had to do about, about three. pick mine up and yep. pick up somebody else's one. Yep, and they and it's amazing when when you float float the creek, you don't you don't you don't really see a whole lot. But when we have these trash events, um, they come back just canoe fulls of stuff, yeah. tires and uh, trash and cans and. Uh, uh, so yeah, it definitely it definitely helps out a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I, like I said, if I see trash out there, I'll pick it up. But I don't typically see too much, and right. occasionally some cans right. and things right. like that. Right, right, right. I got a heartbreaking call one time from some people from Wisconsin mm -hmm. who were visiting family, and they said we went on Elkhorn Creek and it was beautiful, but why in the world is there so much trash? Mm. I never have seen it like that. And um, the, the, it was early in the year. Probably before your cleanup, it was in April. Yeah, and a lot of flooding during the winter brings some of that in as well. But yeah. I mean, it was embarrassing trying to yeah. explain that. Well, well, yeah, like I said, it's I I never have noticed Elkhorn being mm -hmm. being trashed. I've seen much much worse. I and do. usually, this is a really beautiful creek. I, I, mm -hmm. The only time I've really noticed a lot of trash in it was after the huge flood last February, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever the water was just like an all-time all record. And that's probably this, you know, spring. Right. It gets up in the wintertime, brings stuff. Well, that's right. that's the trash that's not in the creek. That's the trash that's it's brought here. 20 feet away from the bank in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And then when that creek gets way up out of its banks, it just picks it up and carries it along. But yep, that's it, correct. It's beautiful. I've never brought anybody out here that hasn't enjoyed themselves or thought it was beautiful. Oh, it's, it's, oh, no. it's just a, it's, it's a little touch of heaven out here. Actually, my dad just bought, my dad lives in Columbus, Ohio, and he just bought uh, two kayaks, him and his wife bought kayaks, and they asked if they could come down on June 15th and 16th, I guess it's Father's Day weekend, he wanted to go kayaking, and I was like, yes, perfect spot. Awesome. I'm praying for the weather to be right. <laughs> Good flow. Awesome. That's That'd be great. So um, a few other things. Let's see, blah, blah, blah. I had these things I wanted to. Why do you think that kayaking has grown in popularity so much? Yeah. Uh, I, you, you probably know a lot more about that than I do. Yeah. Well, a lot of it, first off, the kayaking, we don't even think is at its peak yet. I mean, because mm -hmm. everybody's just, I mean, it's it's just continued every year to, to grow and uh, just getting getting people outdoors, getting family outdoors. And two, if you look at some of these some of these boats, there's they're they're pretty expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. some of the regular like bass boats, and mm -hmm. I mean, you can get up there up there in the sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, they price themselves out of market. A lot of middle class people can't yeah. afford it anymore. Yeah. About bass boats. Like yeah. bass well, that's boats. I was wanting to ask you. So you said you had a bass boat, right? Mm -hmm. You wanted to take that bass boat down to Del Hollow and fish for two days. Mm -hmm. How much money is that going to cost you? That by the time you fill fuel up the truck and food and the boat, and you're looking at at minimum. 200 250 yeah, 300 I, yeah, I, think $300. yeah. Hey, I was thinking yeah you're probably looking for a day of fishing in that mm -hmm. bass boat if you're going anywhere I mean you couldn't go to Guest Creek Lake yeah. you couldn't go to Elmer Davis for El Elmer Davis for less than 50 bucks yeah and then you're talking about maintenance and you're talking about registration and all that stuff you can literally pay for a kayak mm -hmm. in one trip at the basket. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can. It's uh, and and like you said, the maintenance and just the hassle of just getting there. I mean, because mm -hmm. you're you're pulling this boat and uh, then uh, and then and you get then about you, eleven miles a gallon. When yeah, you're towing. eleven miles a gallon, and then you're getting to the lake and the parking lot's plumb full of people and just trying to trying to get into it just to fish or just get on the lake. It's just a lot a lot into it on those bigger boats with a kayak. 
Hey, I keep all my gear in my kayak, mm -hmm. so when it's time to go, I just throw it in the back of the truck and go. It doesn't it cost takes me you a lot. Get ready. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, it's nothing, nothing too big. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a fun sport. I mean, it's just. And you get you, some exercise. You get too, to exercise. You, know? uh, you get to get out these wonderful creeks that bass boats can't get into. Um, the family, you get the family all involved. I've got, we've got customers that comes out and they. They sometimes buy four, five, six kayaks with us because sometimes the, the, the best response I've gotten from a lot of people is, do I want to go out and spend two, three thousand dollars, four thousand, five thousand to vacation that you can't really get nothing out of? Sure, you get some good memories, but I want to invest in something that's going to get my whole family out for many years. That's going to create a whole lot more memories. So. I think it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just cool. It's just mm -hmm. awesome sport. I yep. mean, it's just mm -hmm. a really fun sport to make some really good memories. I'm gonna chime in real quick. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this at the beginning. Maybe we did. Um, so we're filming on a back porch right now in Peaks Mill, and we're using different microphones than usual. So if you hear some side noises, cars going by or something like that, or maybe a lawnmower, Wind. for instance, that's probably why. It's not our normal lawnmower, guys. It's a different one. Yeah, it, normally it, they it, mow it, right by the window it, whenever we're recording I'm, the I'm podcast. You, yeah. If Todd comes around that corner in a second, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the twilight zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if our guy if our comes around that corner, I'll know he's really out to get us then. Well, you know the old saying for boat, you know what boat stands for. What's that? Break out another thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty it. much what happens. Yeah. With my kayak, I have and spend a penny on maintenance yeah, other than yeah, exactly. you know you need to rub it down every once in a while with the, with the protectant you know like three right. or three aerospace protectant or something to protect right. it from uv rays but other than that right. keep it clean i've got obviously the money thing is a huge reason right mm -hmm. and it's so much cheaper to own a kayak and you can enjoy it so much versus a bass boat but i think there's two other things think about storing a bass boat mm -hmm. you either got to pay buy a place to store it or you got to pretty much dedicate which are 95 to 135 dollars a month and yeah, you gotta, they but, charge you a fortune aside, yeah. aside from cost it's just where to store it you can store your kayaks on the roof of your garage if mm -hmm. you want you know That's on the roof uh, on the ceiling See, right yeah you don't want to put them on the roof right but um so convenience as far as that goes more people living in neighborhoods and smaller areas it probably helps out a lot to just have kayaks and also um <clears throat> shoot i had another one. Oh, i think that programs a lot like what you all are doing here at canoe kentucky mm -hmm. so of course, every year that goes by, more people are getting exposed to kayaking for the first time through you all, right? Yep. And as more people get exposed, there's more word of mouth, there's more people that are going to hear about it and learn about it. And uh, colleges, like I went to EKU, they have an adventure program there. And sometime either while I was there or right before I was there, they got kayaks that students could come and, and just check out and use. So if colleges are starting to do things like that, it makes sense for more and more people to be being exposed to it, to find out about it, to find out they enjoy it, and then that's just going to grow the bubble. Right. So somewhere on that bell curve of popularity, I mean, we're probably still going upwards, but those are probably the factors, price and convenience and just exposure that are driving it up. Right. And, You're totally correct. And uh, it's uh, it's and, and the people that you'll meet, you'll yeah. be a, you'll be amazed. All the kayak fishermen, I mean, it's just like they're uh, all in that same type mode that they love what they do. They love mm -hmm. getting out there on the creek. They love catching that big 20 inch smallmouth mm -hmm. on a kayak. And the amount of people that I've met and uh, been around, and it's just it's just a really fun environment. I will say this. I mean, we're talking, we're doing a lot of talking about smallmouth fishing on the creeks, and part of the reason for that's because we're sitting right here next to Elkhorn, and probably because that's probably it's probably the most popular type of kayak fishing, mm -hmm. but it's not limited to that at all. I fish for smallmouth in the creeks, smallmouth on the lakes, uh, do a lot of bow fishing out of the kayaks. You can go cat fishing. My, my kayak that I have, some guy caught a 77 pound blue out of it before I got it from him. I mean, a lot of people kayak fish for, for catfish on the Ohio River. I do it on the Kentucky These River, These smaller too. lakes where they're idle speed only, the kayak's great, mm -hmm. affordable. I did that Memorial Day at Homer oh, yeah. Davis. Yeah, you right. fish. Right. Musky fished out of them. I know a lot of people like to musky fish out of a kayak because mm -hmm. musky will get up in skinny water. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a 40, 45-inch fish that might be living in water that you just can't even get a boat into. I mean, they get up in those creeks in eastern Kentucky and... Um, Kayak's probably your best bet. And fighting a muskie from a kayak, hold another level. Oh, like yeah, that's, that's, that's a different level. I've been wanting to go uh, striper fishing 
out of my kayak on the Cumberland River because I feel like that could just be amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Cumberland River is about as pretty as it gets too. Mm -hmm. Crystal clear water when you catch it right and the opportunity to catch a, you yeah, know. A, a or a striper. Yeah, a 30 pound striper, <clears throat> possibly a 40 pound striper mm -hmm. would just be ridiculous. And then I've actually gone saltwater fishing out of my kayak before too. I mean, that's a blast. You're not limited to one type of fishing is what no. I'm trying to say. You can literally do anything out of a kayak. Yeah. And sometimes it's your best application because it just lets you get places that... That bass boats can't go? Actually, you yeah. know what? There was a uh, bass, there's some bass tournaments on every lake, of course, right? <clears throat> Guest Creek Lake had bass tournaments and a guy entered with his kayak one time. He wanted to fish the tournament with his kayak and they were like, all right, yeah, sure, you can fish the tournament. He took a chainsaw on his boat and went back up in the skinniest water where no boats could get. He ended up winning that tournament mm. because he, and uh, from that point on, they banned the kayaks from, mm. <laughs> from yeah. the yeah. 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 I thought that was pretty funny, but that guy, he was, he was just a little bit smarter and willing to work a little bit harder yeah. than everybody else, I guess. But he, uh, I mean, that's, that's just proof that you can get out there and you can waylay them on a kayak sometimes. Well, you talk about that, the places you can get in these boats. We, we go down to Louisiana every year red fishing mm -hmm. and, uh, down there, the of course the tide goes in and out, uh -huh. and that, that that one day the tide tide went out, but you could still get out there on kayaks. And we got out there, and we absolutely had a ball. Oh, I yeah. mean, because the bass boats they couldn't get out there because it was too shallow, but we we got uh, over a hundred reds in Man. that one day. And, wow! Uh, it's it's just 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 to have that in mind that hey, I can almost get these boats anywhere that you need to go, and there's. There's good fishing still out there, even when the water level is at that point. There's so. some really good, um, uh, the tournament kayak fishing is becoming more and more popular also. It is. And they're, I mean, they do them in so many different formats and it's really cool the way that some of them are ran. Like you don't have to have a live well and keep your fish. A lot right. of them are done based on length. Right. So you'll have like a, a bump board that has a special sticker on it. They, they give you the morning of the tournament or, mm -hmm. you know, they, they'll give you some kind of code that morning and you have to include that code in the picture of all your fish that you catch. And there's a couple of fail safes to make sure you don't cheat even without having an official weigh-in. Right. And some of those tournaments, you can fish on any body of water you want. Mm -hmm. They're like remote. Yeah, I could fish the Elkhorn if I wanted to, or if the Elkhorn wasn't fishing very good that time, I could go to Elmer Davis Lake and fish it on there. I mean, and uh, there is big money to be won. Very big money. The, uh, the KBF uh, Classic Tournament. Kentucky uh, bass fishing? Yep. Okay. Our, uh, no, kayak? Um, kayak bass fishing. Okay. Um, this, the championship, I think first place was 80,000, first yeah. place, and it was down in uh, Louisiana. Really? So, um, yeah, there's, there's, in these tournaments, there's, there's big money in this kayak. 80,000 bucks, yeah. Get me yeah, out that's, there. Uh, I can get you a couple boats. There's a couple no of, doubt. there's <laughs> a couple of big tournaments that are ran out of Kentucky Lake. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, two, two guys I know, one buddy and another guy that I somewhat know, uh, those won are those big tournaments. tournaments. Those are big tournaments. I think they were $10,000. Yeah, yeah those are big out. tournaments. It was, uh, Tyson Peterson won one of them, and, uh, um, AJ, um, McWhorter. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. They, they, they both worked at Sportsman's Warehouse with me when I yep. went there. And uh, AJ's girlfriend, oh, what's her name? Christine Fisher. She's a fisherman, isn't she? You know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, she can, she can catch them. She makes me so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> she makes me so jealous. She gets out there and catches, you know, she fishes everywhere somehow. I right. see her fishing Del Hollow a lot. I follow her on Instagram, so mm -hmm. I know who she is. I see her on Del Hollow a lot catching just pig smallmouth. I see her on uh, Kentucky Lake, but then I also see her like in North Dakota or, or mm -hmm. she's up on Lake Erie. She travels the whole country. I think that's just what she does is fishes. And she won a big tournament the other day. I think it was 8,500 bucks. Yeah. I would take that in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. But she catches 50 inch skis and yeah. all kinds oh, of just yeah. <laughs> dream fish. And she was fishing a tournament on Dill Hollow one time and we were talking about filming a show with her at some point. And um, uh, she was pre-fishing a day or two before and I messaged her, asked her, where, you know, where, where are you putting in at? She said she was putting in at the David Hayes ramp. And I asked her if she had some spots to fish around there. And she told me exactly where she was going to be fishing. Mm -hmm. And it was every spot she said was exactly where Chad always takes me to fish. Like the exact spots that he likes to hit. And she knew about the weed beds. I mean, I don't know how often she fishes that lake, but she knew what she was doing. Mm -hmm. Money yeah. to be had. And right. a lot of fun to be had, too. So right. I would like to do that. There's crappie tournaments for um, kayak fishing also. There is. Yeah. yeah, there is something to think about. I'd like to look into one of those someday, but I just feel like I'm always too busy to fish a tournament. I do it for fun. Right. Yeah. It's always fun to throw some competition in every now and then, though. Oh, yeah. Might have to try it. Oh, yeah. Let's see. So 
obviously we talked about uh, kayak kayaking in general just becoming more and more popular kayak fishing also becoming more popular um, over the past year the weather has been off mm -hmm. starting in the early spring late winter of 2018 we had so much rain mm -hmm. everything got blown out and I felt like every time I had an opportunity to go fishing last year the, when the water was just getting right again, did all of a sudden get blown out again. Yeah, it was did, a tough year. I was going to ask, I mean, obviously you guys are somewhat weather dependent. Mm -hmm. You're dependent on the creek here. Did that, I mean, how did that affect you guys? Did it def definitely affected us. Um, we, luckily, the storms that came in last year, a lot of times they would come in at Mondays and Tuesdays during the week, and most of the time it were good for the weekend. But as far as fishing on Elkhorn, it definitely affects it. Um, oh, yeah. The good thing about Elkhorn, it does go up really quick, but it also it falls fairly quickly too. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. But it falls slower if the Kentucky River is high. I've noticed that, it falls slower. Right, right. If the Kentucky River is a normal pool, it'll flow out. Right. Um, as far as coming out and fishing it, my best time to fish it is when it's. You can go by the gauge. Is usually between. 2.8 to 3.3 .3. that's that's my opinion i think one of the better times but i need to start reading the gauge more i know that's how you guys decide when you're running trips right and things like that i always just go by cfs yeah mm -hmm. and cfs i mean either way but uh cfs i think between if you're between that 100 and mm -hmm. 300 CFS. That's my favorite. Yeah, 100 to 300. That's, that's I like it a little bit more than 100 just personally because yeah. then I don't have to. There's some spots where you got to push on the shoals. And uh, I, I probably like it 150 to 350. I just right. might like a little bit more water. Right. But it also depends on the style of fishing I'm doing. Right. If I'm coming out and I'm throwing a inline spinner or a crankbait or a swimbait. 59, I've floated at yeah. 79. The good thing, it's, I mean, like I said. I'd rather be a little low than too high. Yeah. When it gets to that point, it, what it does is forces these fish into the deeper holes uh, where they're not just scattered all through the creek. Um, so once you find a deeper hole that you know usually typically holds fish, you can usually bring four or five fish out of them holes. Oh, you're talking about when the water's lower. When it's a little bit lower, yeah. Um, Usually when it's lower, it's clear, and I just like looking at the bottom of the creek sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's why I love your cam. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, some, I've, I've been fooled before with CFS, thinking, yeah. oh, it's going to be fine. Right. Didn't realize, you know, there's a little bit of a freshet in Georgetown or something, and even though it's 275, it's a muddy 275. Right, that right. Me on Memorial Day. And right. looking at your cam, I can see, oh, I can see the rocks in the bottom. Good, let's go. Yeah. Well, for me on Memorial Day, it was an issue of, like I said, I was bow fishing, so it's all about visibility. Right. And I've been out either the Wednesday or Thursday before, and it was sitting at 275, and the water was crystal clear, and I was fishing, fishing. So on Memorial Day, it was something like 245. I was like, it's even lower. It's going to be perfect conditions. I get out here, and there, it was stained, uh, mm -hmm. just slightly stained. And I, I guess it was because some water pushed through, and it just hadn't settled down yet. I'm, I'm not sure exactly why that was, but... Yes, the color of the water isn't completely dependent on CFS at all. Right. CFS, some people, like I said, you never know who's listening. CFS is cubic feet, feet per, per second. Feet per second, yeah. I was wanting to say that. Yeah. And that's the expression on the USGS gauge. It's, it's expressed in cubic yeah. feet per second. And I've seen the Elkhorn anywhere from 60 to 12,000. I saw it at 12,000 last year, I think. Yep. There's a little blurb I did in the last Kentucky field that I just gave you okay. that explains how to read the USGS chart. Right. the little triangles mean whether or not you can guess hey yeah. is it going to be higher muddy right. or is it going to be low and clear and that's, that's and, important and going back on your question how it affected us we we are really all about the safety we oh, yeah. we we kind of got a cut off point once it gets above five foot it's not safe to be out there for anybody mm -hmm. um, i mean when of you course, say some for of the anybody is that there's two types of anybody for anybody or for just anybody just well the whitewater guys if you're experienced if you're experienced all the whitewater guys they they, they love, love that, like they that. love that level that's 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 awesome. their playtime um, if you if you're not experienced um, just come back we'll we'll have you come back on a better day because we don't want you to get out there and have a have a bad trip or anything happen so uh, and we 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 play close attention to that because we our main focus is safety because yeah. we want to make sure everybody stays safe but also has a good time i'll be honest with you i've, I've whitewater kayaked a few times and i've whitewater canoed a mm -hmm. couple times and it's it's fun but it's just not my cup of tea right i think it might be because i'm six seven and those whitewater boats are the most uncomfortable things right. in the world for me well you know another thing i wanted to bring up was 
you know, if you're going to mainly do fishing, buy a fishing kayak. You know, right. a lot of people don't realize there's performance kayaks, mm -hmm. there's touring kayaks, which tend to be longer and narrower, there's fishing kayaks, which are wider and more stable, mm -hmm. And then, but your whitewater kayaks need to be maneuverable. They've yeah. got to move quickly. They're tiny. The, the first time I ever kayak fished, I went out in a whitewater kayak, mm -hmm. and I was like, God, this thing is so unstable, I'll never, that's <laughs> yeah. a blue streak. But I mean, that was my fault, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was taking a Corvette out on, you know, yeah. on a right. 35 mile per hour, uh, speed limit. Right, so I, right. think, I think most people who are looking for a kayak, because people ask me for some reason what kind of kayak they need. Most people, when I ask them what they're going to do out of it, they say they want to be able to fish out of it, but they also just want to be able to go out and float it. Yeah. And it seems to me like most, a fishing seems well, to me like most people are looking for that 10 and a half foot, you know, a kayak that is bigger than your typical little wreck boat, mm -hmm. but isn't so big that it's like like I have a Hobie PA-13 right? and hauling that Hobie around just for fun, it's not fun. You know what I mean? So something in between. Well, everybody's different. Everybody, my preference boat might be totally different from yours mm -hmm. and yours. Uh, so that's why we got demos of each one of our boats that we got. So important. And if you uh, want to spend some money, take exactly. that one. We, we, we like to ask questions. Once, once people come in, we like to ask the proper questions try to narrow it down to top water you're going to be paddling, what you're looking for, yeah. everything from weight of the boat. Uh, because the thing is, a lot of these boats, they're, 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 a lot of them's heavy boats. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, they're really difficult sometimes to get on top of a trailer mm -hmm. so, or, or top of a vehicle. Um, so we, we knock all this stuff out, and then that, at that point, we'll kind of get four or five boats gathered up that we think might be the best for that customer. And we'll, get them, on, demo we'll, get, them, we'll get them on the water and just try them out. Yeah. Try mm -hmm. them out. And Somebody demos a boat um, with you all. Do they kind of stay in this area? Mm -hmm. or, yeah. yeah, we've got a really good eddy behind the shop here. and we'll, That's we'll kind of what them. I'm looking at here. Yeah, we'll get, them, we'll get them out there and they'll play around. And of course, we'll have, uh, have them on with the life jackets and we'll mm -hmm. be down there with them uh, just for safety reasons. And uh, get down there and just talk to them, talk to the people and just see what, see what yeah. they think of it. Okay, everybody's definitely going to want something different. Oh yeah. yeah like I, I was telling Lee on the way here. My girlfriend loves to kayak. She's five foot one and weighs 125 pounds. Yeah. I'm six seven. I weigh 240. And the boats that we need are 180 degrees mm -hmm. different. She would not enjoy a second in my boat because it's just too big and she can't maneuver it. And trying to pull it up and down a creek bank is just going right. to be impossible. If I was in her boat, I'd be underwater every time I went through a river. Yeah, you know right. I mean? So right. getting, getting somebody who's looking to buy a kayak, coming out here, talking with people who 100% know what they're talking about, know mm -hmm. what you're looking for, who can put you in a boat based on your needs and what you're wanting to do with it. If you're, if you're looking to buy a kayak, do that. Because you could go to a Walmart or Academy or Dix mm -hmm. or something, and you could look at the kayaks on the wall, mm -hmm. and you could pick one out, but you're not really going to know how you like it until mm -hmm. you take it out on the water. And a lot of those boats are thin. Yeah. Um, are going to eventually break. Oh, they're paper thin. Um, and, you know, again, I tell people this, and I've spoken a lot, and I've told, I tell a lot of fishing groups when I speak, you know, instead of buying the cheapest you can, and then you like it, then you want to upgrade, mm -hmm. um, buy something used or wait until you can afford something good, then you're not buying two boats to get what you want, you're buying one. Exactly. Because yes. I, mean, I did that for years. I buy the, say, $35 reel, and then I try the $75 reel. I was like, why did I buy the $35 yeah. or and, and that, that's that's a continuum in an outdoor stuff. We get, uh, we get a lot of people that, that buy some of them Walmart boats and big box boats, and they'll come in throughout the whole year wanting us to uh, repair them because, yeah. and then unfortunately we can't. Yeah. They punch the hole. It's oh. just, those boats are not not designed for the creeks. They're yeah. not, not designed for the rocks. And I've had to JV weld some mm -hmm. some boats together before. Yeah, and not, from, not my, like those boats you're talking about. I'm right. talking about the ones that they go out there and spend 250 or 175 bucks on yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Go through one riffle and punch a hole in the bottom they do. of it. Yeah. And it's, 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 they work real easy too. It's, it's a bad feeling once you get out on a, on a creek and you get a hole in the boat. That's, that's a bad feeling <laughs> on, uh, on having your boat yeah, filling up with water. Six miles more yeah, to go to take Six more miles to go. So you want something reliable, you want something durable, and that's why we carry the line we do. Yeah. It's, it's, this you'll is, just enjoy it a lot better if you yeah. can can hold until you can afford a good boat. Absolutely. This is completely off topic, but we were talking about taking things out and breaking them. 
Um, <laughs> I heard. Did you hear? I guess I heard. I was like, man, you ain't even having a bullet. I'm glad you're able to have fun with it. That'd be sick. But no, very first trip down to Elkhorn, I just bought a brand, a new fishing rod. Oh, loved it. It was perfect. Very first trip down to Elkhorn, I bumped into my buddy's boat with it and mm -hmm. snapped that Shimano Corrado right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah, my it was, goodness. It was bad news bears. I had that pole for all of three fishing trips. Yeah. Yeah. We had a we had a gentleman um, uh, last year. He went out and bought uh, five brand new rods and reels, all his gear, and uh, he was in a he was in a Pelican, mm -hmm. and uh, he was in the boat for a total of uh, five minutes. Ended up flipping his boat and lost everything. Where are you flipping at? I might go out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, he he was not a happy camper. So. Um. A little bit of a shameless plug, but I've been doing a series called the Spring Fishing Frenzy, uh -huh. and they're posted on our website. And there's a little thing you can click on right on the homepage. And this week's was one of, that uh, I did with Nathan mm -hmm. on selecting the right kayak for the style of what you want to do, mm -hmm. what to look for, uh, and some safety tips as well. So if anybody's looking to buy a kayak, that'd be a good little resource for you. Absolutely, to, to, absolutely. Yeah. That's so, on the website, and that's also in the new magazine that just came out, right? Yeah, the, well, that one on how to read the CFS and all yeah, that okay, so okay, in the okay. new magazine. Yeah, and I mean, there's just so much talking about that, Lee. There's so much, just like with anything else. I mean, if you're getting out on a bass boat on a lake, if you're getting into kayak fishing, there's so much into it. There's so much, as far as the PFD fitting properly, there's so much into paddling, how to know to paddle mm -hmm. that, that, uh, that paddle just properly, um, how to read the water. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really crucial point. Is, uh, mm -hmm. you got you got to know kind of those really quick tips on how to read that water on the creek coming. So and don't I mean, make a sharp turn when you're going fast right after yeah, don't people make, do that. You'll go right over. Don't make a sharp turn and that's and that's and I and we enjoy we enjoy teaching people down here on that stuff. We enjoy getting them out in the water and uh, just showing them this is how you read the water. This is how you paddle. This is how you fish. Uh, yeah. This is how the things to look for on the creek when you're fishing. And it's not that it's not that any of us is better fishermen than anybody. It's just that we know that we know the creek pretty good. We know some of those spots. We know some of those eddies to look for, um, yeah. and we don't. And we tell people. I mean, sometimes just bypass those spots that normally doesn't hold fish. Don't mm -hmm. don't focus on those spots. Yeah, the middle of a depot in the summer. Right. I mean, focus th on they're something. resting if they're there. Right. They're not eating. Focus oh, on those spots that deeper holes and uh, and I'll, might catch those 30, 40 fish. I'd, I'd like to boogie through some water. I just don't care about you know. And I oh, try yeah. to. I might spend. From here to 127 is about four miles, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. So I could do it in two hours if mm -hmm. I was just paddling through, mm -hmm. or I could do it in eight hours. Yeah, you know, I've taken all day to do that. Yeah, I sometimes to. I feel like I don't touch my paddle unless I have to. Mm -hmm. But um, I get out on way to good spots. Yeah. You were talking earlier about just knowing the, how things are going to happen. Like when you're in a kayak and you're going through a riffle, um, if there's slack water off to the side of that riffle, and you get your nose in there, like you know what's going to happen. You're going to spin, and if you're in a small boat, you might flip. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's not necessarily instinctual. Somebody who hasn't done it before might not know. Like I might paddle hard left the whole way through that riffle because I know when I get to the bottom of it, it's going to try to turn me turn right. me left. So right. Just going out there and doing stuff like that, and also, like Elkhorn here has several side shoots, like uh, the hatchery. Mm -hmm. There's a side shoot right here. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. One right behind us. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Uh, right at Catfish Hole, mm -hmm. you can go. Well, mm -hmm. That's actually by the hatchery. That's what I was talking about. And some of those shoots take a lot longer to get through, and they're a lot shallower, and there's no point in fishing them. So knowing little things like that also helps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to go down the creek a couple times to figure to out which way is which. So. Yeah. And one last thing that we were talking about with PFDs. Yeah. Something Nathan said. He was on the Kentucky River the other day doing one of the tours. Mm -hmm. He said he saw 40 people he thought on kayaks. Two of them had PFDs on. And neither one of them had their buckled or zipped. Yeah. They don't need any good if, if they're unzipped or unbuckled. On the come Kentucky right on. River? Yes, on the Kentucky yes, River. You can get a big wake from a powerbone and all that. I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. you've got to buckle and zip it too. Not Just having it on loosely right. doesn't do it. And mm -hmm. I mean, uh, talking about that is, I mean, on the river or on the lake, if you flip out and it's and if you don't have that PFD, you'd be amazed on how quickly you can get tired. Okay. I mean, yeah. trying to swim, swim back to the side, and uh, also, if you're not trained properly to, okay, you flipped out and you got your boat upside down, how are you going to get this boat back upright? Yeah. And um, and there's a certain technique to get this hundred pound boat back upright, and mm -hmm. then at that point get back onto the vessel. And uh, so yeah, it's just amazing on how quickly something can happen. So we just really you'll you'll hear me you'll hear us talk about that 
hundred times through the day, just mm -hmm. put that PFD on. It just saves lives. And buckle and zip lives. it. You know, it doesn't do any yeah, good if I mean, buckle and zip. And, and, and as far as on the creeks, I mean, you can get you can get your foot trapped in, in a rock. You can get, uh, you got limbs, you got strainers. Uh, it's always best to have that have that on because yeah. it, it will prevent any anything bad even, happening. Even having, there's things that you need to know even having it on, like not necessarily on Elkhorn unless the water's up. Like mm -hmm. if the water's at 300, I don't think you're necessarily with your PFD on gonna get your foot trapped under a rock and right. pull you under. But right. you know, like on the New River or, mm -hmm. or somewhere like that, I mean, even with your PFD, if you're dragging your feet across the bottom, that's a no-no. You yeah, wanna have yeah. your, your feet up and floating. You want your whole body on the surface. Yep. Because if you were to get your foot caught in a crevice of a rock down there, even with your PFD on, when the water's pushing like that, it's just... It's, it's going to push you down. Yeah. Water water's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. It is. When I was four years old, I actually drowned. I was underwater for 12 minutes. And they, they brought me back, thankfully. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I don't know how I'd feel if they didn't. But uh, <laughs> when I drowned, like I said, I was just stone cold dead. Right. And they pulled me out and they did CPR and ended up spending a couple of days in the hospital. But after that, I started taking swimming lessons. And that's how I learned mm -hmm. how to swim. And... Oh, I, I almost sometimes wonder if that's why I like the water so much. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I encourage people, I just got back on, on this, but I encourage people, it's, anybody can do it, but to take a swift water rescue training class. Anybody mm -hmm. can do it. They usually have them down in North Carolina. Um, I, learned, I learned more on that uh, than I ever have. I mean, just to respect that water. Uh, because in North Carolina? North so Carolina. you going to the New or the Goalie or something like that? This one was at the Goalie. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, it's just it'll, it'll make you a better paddler and then plus it will make you respect the water a whole lot more and uh and they train you how how to if you're in a position um how to get out of it safely uh and how to uh how to overcome some of them obstacles um so yeah i encourage people to check that out check the swift water rescue train there it's fun uh you're uh, around a lot of good instructors they'll mm -hmm. teach you the right ways I, uh, I said earlier that I'd been whitewater kayaking a few times, whitewater uh -huh. canoeing a few times. The only times I've ever done that, other than when I went on paid trips with guides at like the Gully or the New or whatever, uh -huh. um, were with my buddy Bobby, who was a whitewater guide on the Gully. Or he was on the New. But so he's the only person I've ever actually gone on there and done it with. It's not something I would just jump into. Like I'm, I'm fairly confident as far as my abilities on most things, but I wouldn't just jump into, you know, a whitewater or a sketchy situation like that without having somebody who'd been through training like that right because there are things to know there is and um so we did a fun trip one time starting at uh jim beam and doing from there to knight's bridge at like 1750 or something like that and that that's a whitewater section is what we call it i don't know what what it's technically called but the creek's a little bit steeper up there and i mean that's something i think a lot of the whitewater kayakers who come out here and enjoy elkhorn do do is that section right there and i noticed you guys sell the whitewater boats in your mm -hmm. store, so mm -hmm. yeah, I'd absolutely. like to know what percentage of people. <clears throat> let's just say a thousand people come to the creek. Mm -hmm. Let's just, I want to know what percentage of those people are fishing. What percentage are just floating down the creek with their buddies, just looking at the scenery. What who is whitewater kayaking? Right. Do you have any idea what the breakdown on that it, is? It it varies a lot of. Uh, believe it or not, there's more people just floating down the creek. I mean, mm -hmm. you'll get maybe I'm guessing maybe. 20%, 30% maybe fishermen. Yeah. And uh, the whitewater crew, they tend to usually uh, wait after after a solid run. They're out here where nobody yeah. else is. Right. That's, a, that's my favorite thing about the whitewater crew is the fishermen and the, the pleasure boaters kind of intermingle. Right. But the whitewater crew wants something completely different than those people they do. want. And uh, that's, uh, and there's there's usually a pretty good pretty good amount that goes out there yeah. uh, that does the whitewater section. So I always see them taken out there at Church's Grove. Yeah. I've even seen them out there wave surfing. Yeah. Right in front. I've seen them on paddle boards out oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Which, really cool. We've got some good friends of ours that does that paddle board up yeah. there. And uh, they uh, it's amazing just watching them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't, like I said, I used to do the whitewater stuff, but I, I've kind of gotten out of it um, yeah. more in the fishing now. But it's mm -hmm. it's amazing just watching them, the, some of the stuff that they can do. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, surfing those yeah. waves and, and things and, like that. And uh, and we do we do have still plenty of whitewater gear down there at the shop, mm -hmm. so uh, feel free to come down there and check us out sometime yeah. on that. There's something for everybody. Something uh, that I wanted to say earlier that I forgot about, you just reminded me when you said something about paddle boards, mm -hmm. is... Uh, Another reason I think it's grown in popularity, just water sports in general, mm -hmm. is because there's actually a bit of a health push right now, fitness push. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
and uh, some people are getting into cycling, more people are getting into running and walking and trail running and all these things, but kayaking or paddle boarding is just another form of exercise. Like you can come out on the creek and like I said, some days it doesn't even feel like I've touched my paddle. Mm -hmm. yeah, but you can also come out on the creek and, and throw your butt off, push right. yourself. And some of the better upper body workouts I've gotten in the past several years have been on the river. Going out there on the river and paddle, uh, just paddle down the river three mm -hmm. miles or so, turn around and go upstream. And yeah. just paddle, paddle, paddle. You will burn yourself it will. out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, like just uh, yesterday, I was in the truck with Chad Miles, the host of the show, mm -hmm. and he said his wife was looking to buy a paddle board. He'd actually been looking at what you all have at your shop. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'd been looking online, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm because they were on vacation last week and she tried it and she decided that that would just be a great upper body workout for herself to do. It's just enjoyable, relaxing. They got a little house on the lens. She could take her paddleboard out and just paddle down the shore, paddle over to a specific point and just have the most relaxing, enjoyable workout ever mm -hmm. and get exercise at the same time. So I do think that that health push, the being outside push has something to do with it also. It does. I mean, you get extremely good workout anytime yeah. when you're on a kayak, paddleboard, and, uh, you'll sleep good that night. You'll sleep good, and I mean, you're, you'll 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 have fun, and plus working out at the same time. So uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. I was listening to another podcast the other day, and this is off-topic also, but that's what I do. Um, and this guy, he was kind of a health and fitness coach, and he was on the podcast, and he was talking about um, how people have sleep issues, or they can't fall asleep at night, or they don't get enough sleep, and then that causes stress and other health-related issues. He said he thinks the main reason for that is that people just aren't tiring themselves out enough. Mm -hmm. They aren't getting mm -hmm. exercise, they aren't wearing their body out. Mm -hmm. He said, if you go out and you get exercise and you're active, you will sleep good at night. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think that's a good point. People go out, maybe what everybody should do is come out to the creek here, paddle themselves to exhaustion, go home, get a good night's sleep, <laughs> and then you'll just feel better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Better, healthier life right there. Absolutely. So. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to add? What are, what are your business hours? Uh, it's uh, nine to five, Monday through Thursday. Friday it's nine to six, mm -hmm. and then on the weekend it's uh, eight to seven. Right so you guys now. are open every day in summer. Every day during summer, uh, and um, website's a good resource. Yeah, uh, canoeky.com uh -huh. is probably the best site, and you can go under go underneath that, and you can set uh, set your reservation up, everything online, and at that point you can also fill out your waiver form online. So, and we encourage people to do that because. Um, by the time when you get here, uh, we can get your vehicle parked and we can get you on the water like right on the hour. Mm -hmm. If you come in, uh, which is fine either way, um, but if you just come in without a reservation, it's just going to take a little bit more time to get everything set up. So we might not have, we might not be able to get you on right at on the time on the shuttle service. You might have to wait around a little bit. The but, uh, um, and they like Lee said earlier, you can, they can also get on there and see the. The gauge height information, the, the gauge height, CFS and, and see what the river looks like. With yeah, the and yeah. and see what the creek looks. And like. Lee, like you were saying earlier on, I think if, on that USGS gauge, if you if anybody has any questions on how to read that, I mean, just feel free to give us a call, and um, they can give us a call anytime. And plus, it's got on there as far as water temperature. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, that's that's a crucial thing oh, as far as fishing. Water I actually kind of enjoy looking at the water temperature because uh -huh. it'll it'll spike. I mean, people probably it's amazing don't. how much it fluctuates during the day. Well, yeah, <laughs> moving water and, fluctuates six seven degrees. And me personally, as far as fishing, um, I think, and I tell this to my guides as well, is. I fish this creek many times in the morning, and it seems like because you'll see that temperature gauge, it changes every bit about 10 degrees. And yeah. um, sorry, you're fine. And it, it uh, peaks out at you know right before dark every night. Yeah, it peaks out, but I think in the morning it changes. Uh, that temperature changes kind of the shock in fish, so mm -hmm. it, they're not really extremely active. But uh -huh. as soon as that starts going up some. You'll see, you'll see them when they turn on, they turn on. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've always thought that creeks, for some reason, don't quite fish as well right at sunrise and right before sunset. Mm -hmm. I'll just That might just be a summer thing, but it seems like 
the creek fishing usually dies off about the time the sun starts going down. Well, when you right. can't see the tie anymore, the top water will work then. Yeah. That's about your only plan. That's why I throw a jitterbug or a, well, I love a little black jitterbug on the creek. Mm -hmm. A lot of you don't think of a jitterbug as a creek bait, but man, mm -hmm. it works great. Another reason I was thinking that could be is because literally when the sun is rising in the morning, that's the time that the water temperature is going to be the coldest. Mm -hmm. And when the sun is setting in the evening, that's when it's going to be the hottest. Yeah. So it could have something to do with those extreme swings in the temperature as well. I never had thought about that until he just said that. Because I don't get out and fish the creek at sunrise very often, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Usually it's an after work type deal. Yeah. Right. Um, Let's see, what else was I want to ask you about? Uh, we got the resources, we got the hours, we got the cam they can get on there and check out. A buddy of mine is a PE teacher at Shelby County High School, uh -huh. and he brought his class out here recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. his name's Casey Page, and I, I think Casey's doing the best stuff because he's taking his students out every year. They're going out and doing new outdoor stuff, like going rock climbing or canoeing, and mm -hmm. just he's trying to expose them to the outdoors, which I think is great. And uh, is that something that happens very often, school yeah. trips? And yeah, we do a lot of school trips that comes out. Um, they, uh, they canoe mostly? Mainly, yeah, mm. mainly canoes. We usually on them school trips, we usually do a guided trip. Okay. Um, we'll send typically two or three guides out there with them and uh, uh, make sure all that goes good. And, and as far as lunch, we can supply lunch, a guided, guided lunch trip. Um, so yeah, we do, we do quite a bit of school groups, church groups come out. Uh -huh. um, there mm -hmm. is a uh, there is a discounting price. Yeah, you can, ask you can call us. They can call us anytime, and we can talk about talk about the discounted price on some of those groups. Okay. Um, Boy Scouts. We do a lot of Boy Scout groups, and uh, and then plus we do a lot of camps. We got a uh, we got a lot of camps going out this year. Okay. So um, we uh, this is going to be we got two fishing camps going out this year, and then also we got our adventure camps, overnight camps. I think in total we got eighteen camps going out this year. Nice. I found one of your yellow canoe paddles pushed up into a log jam one year. Oh yeah, I brought it back. It was like two years ago. Okay, All I'm right. assuming that's from one of those trips. Oh yeah, if it was oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah, and uh, it probably happens. It, it happens mm -hmm. quite a bit. Do your yeah. guides on those trips carry extra paddles with them? We do. So normally, yeah. I feel like the the guides on trips like that usually have an extra one stuffed yeah. up under the boat. Yeah, or we do. And uh, a lot of times on them trips, we usually send at least three guides. We got a a lead lead boat, a sweep boat, and a guy in the middle just to make sure if anything does happen that yeah. they're they're on it. So it's it's a very very safe environment. Oh, for sure, yeah. And like I said, you you only run below five feet anyway, and it's mm -hmm. pretty safe water. Right, yeah. right. Biggest thing that I think could happen on Elkhorn to somebody who is able to swim mm -hmm. is going to be hitting head on a rock or yeah. something. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. Good. Other anything else you guys want to add? I got a few things I was going to throw in there at the very end. No, I, I mean uh, it's. Uh, I've, I've exhausted my little list. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the only other things I wanted to really get to today, I wanted to remind people about what I'll be doing tomorrow night. Right now, I'm sitting here. I'm drinking this L.A. Looking at the creek. Right. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be drinking these L.A.'s bourbon infused because tomorrow <laughs> That's night's a good combo. It's a Salado sampler tomorrow night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to the Salado sampler? The sampler's a good time. Yeah. So that's tomorrow night, and I called Rachel Kroom, who's the director of the Fish and Wildlife Foundation, before I came, and she said they will have tickets available at the door, and that there are still tickets available now. So the price goes up $10 tomorrow. So if somebody out there is listening to this, and it just happens to be before the sampler, you still have an opportunity to get a ticket to that. You can buy them today, online, or tomorrow at the door. And that's, uh, that's going to be a good time. I'm going to take over their social media account tomorrow. Awesome. Completely off the clock, I'm just going to still... Rachel's login and password, and as a participant of the event, I'm going to go through and just document how how it is because it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's what uh, I just want to throw that in there. One last pitch for the sampler, and then after that, they have their bull elk drawing coming up. So I wanted to in the future we'll touch on that more. But I appreciate uh, you letting us come out today. Yeah. Thank this you guys. Is, yeah. Honestly, appreciate you coming out anytime. I don't dislike the office, but this is just so much more enjoyable. No, no doubt. This, this, this is our this is our back office right here, and uh, it's 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 a fun place to yeah. work, and uh, uh, we enjoy we enjoy seeing the people coming out. We enjoy seeing the smiles coming out, and yeah. uh, just uh, creating memories. It's a it's a it's a lot of good good times. Yeah, this, and, is, this is beautiful. It's and we a... and we want to make sure that everybody. I mean, and once you come out, because we get a lot of people that comes out that's never kayaked a day in their life. Yeah. We want to make sure that they're they getting that comfort comfort zone of course anything can happen at any body of water but we want to make sure that hey this is what we're going to do you're going to be safe and we're yeah. going to watch a safety video and kind of get you familiar on the creek and familiar on how to paddle and yeah, make well, sure we get that life jacket on right and not just for their own enjoyment but i mean you guys are running a business obviously you, 
you need to be safe because mm -hmm. I mean there's some liability issues there and you want people to have fun because absolutely. you want return customers and you want people to buy boats and absolutely. so there's a lot I mean it's a, it works both ways absolutely so I uh, appreciate you having us out yeah thank I'm you guys probably going to call you next week and see if I can come record another podcast hey, here, so. come on out anytime I'll be in touch next week because we're going to do a photo shoot out here sounds yeah. good hopefully we'll get together and do a shoot uh, for the TV show as well okay. on, on that safety I wanted to touch on that some more so look forward to it thank you very much thank you guys appreciate it man yes sir